This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing the preservation of open space in Coyote Valley. Earlier this week, the San Jose City Council voted to preserve 314 acres in Coyote Valley, a large expanse of land south of the city. Some see this as a win for wildlife and the environment, while others see it as detrimental to development. Today, we'll hear from leaders on both sides of the issue, those who want to preserve the land and those who believe property owners have the right to develop it. First up is Megan Fluke, Executive Director of Green Foothills, an environmental organization which supports preserving Coyote Valley for agriculture and wildlife. Hey, Megan, how's it going? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing, Nick? Good. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So let's start. Um, First off, why is preservation of Coyote Valley important? Coyote Valley's preservation is so important for countless reasons. I will give you seven. (laughs) Bear with me. Um, One, it is sacred to the Muwekwa Ohlone tribe of the San Francisco Bay Area. Two, it's vital for the survival of wildlife that live and forage there. Three, it protects San Jose residents from flooding. Four, it protects our drinking water supply. Five, it provides an important source of locally grown food. Six, it is a place for people to get outside and connect with nature. And seven, and this is last but not least, it's critical to the city meeting its climate goals um, to be carbon neutral by 2030. I could go on and on, um, but I'll just leave you with this. Kids today, they're going to have to deal with monumental challenges. We all know this, but we've given them this new story on what it means to protect and restore our balance with nature. And I'm just so pleased that the protection of Coyote Valley is one problem that they're not going to have to solve. Okay. And now this vote that the city council took earlier this week, why is that so significant? So on Tuesday evening, just to provide some context, the council voted unanimously in favor of redesignating Coyote Valley in the city's general plan from industrial zoning and an urban reserve to open space and agriculture. This means that over 3,000 acres that were formerly threatened with urban development will now remain as open space and agriculture forever. This is a historic milestone, and honestly, it's unprecedented. I don't know of another city that has shifted from a plan to sprawl on open space to instead preserving it for future generations. We've created a model that can be replicated. Honestly, every city needs to focus growth in existing developed areas. This is something that's just common knowledge at this point. And by protecting Coyote Valley, San Jose has taken a landmark step and is setting the standard in the fight against climate change. I really want to give a shout out to the um, over 2,000 people who sent letters in the span of the past two weeks and supported this decision. This is uncommon, to say the least, for San Jose council members to receive that many comment letters on any one issue. And it shows how committed I think San Jose residents are to seeing this landscape protected. What does this vote for preservation mean for the animals and wildlife in the area? Great question. So Coyote Valley, it's one of the last remaining areas for wildlife movement and animals like mountain lions, coyotes, bobcats, and others. They, they migrate in and out of the Santa Cruz mountains to find food and potential mates. Without Coyote Valley's open space, the local population of mountain lions, for one, might go extinct. Um, This is also more than just about large mammals. They're part of an entire ecosystem in our region. And if they're not doing well, everything that's connected to their survival will also be impacted. In the face of the biodiversity crisis, 
this is a positive step in the right direction and really what all communities need to be thinking about. So is this land permanently safe from development or could this issue arise again in a few years? So there's this saying that we have, nature is never saved, it is always being saved. So now that the land has been rezoned, it does pave the way for permanent protection, either through acquisition or conservation easement. The Protect Coyote Valley Coalition is going to do everything that we can to support this outcome. The city council's vote, it was the culmination of many years of work, millions of dollars of public and private investment, and overwhelming public support. It's really clear that our leaders are no longer clinging to this outdated belief that open space is only valuable if it can be developed. With the climate crisis upon us, and honestly, we're, we're in it, we now understand that if we protect nature, nature will protect us. So we don't think that there's any going back. I see. And now this land in Coyote Valley, who owns this land in question? So the over 3,000 acres in North and Mid Coyote Valley is owned by many different people and agencies, including the City of San Jose, the Peninsula Open Space Trust, the Santa Clara Valley Open Space Authority, and private landowners. Now, there's been talk um, at the meeting, you know, people, some residents spoke about um, the land possibly being devalued, uh, the desire to still develop the land uh, outside of these uses. What potential is there for litigation from landowners who do want to develop the land beyond agriculture or open space? So there's always potential for litigation, but our lawyers and the city attorney are confident that Tuesday's decision rests on solid legal ground. Tuesday's victory was monumental, but our work for Coyote Valley is not done. We look forward to next steps in restoring this landscape for the benefit of all, and we invite the entire community to stand with us by going to protectcoyotevalley.org. Thank you. Looking for a way to unwind after work or on the weekends? Purple Lotus has plenty of premium cannabis products to choose from. The family-owned business, located at 752 Commercial Street in San Jose, offers great customer service, a comfortable atmosphere, and top-quality cannabis. With more than 50 strains of the Bay Area's most exotic flower and hundreds of products to choose from, there's something for every customer. Purple Lotus offers daily specials on a variety of products, as well as a 15% discount to seniors and veterans, a 10% discount to people with disabilities, and even a 5% discount for students at regional universities. Right now, shoppers can get up to 25% off next day delivery orders, 25% off when you spend $300, and 15% off when you spend $200. For more information, visit plpcsanjose.com. Hi, I'm Ramona Guiwargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, Executive Director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. And if you make a tax-deductible donation today, it will be matched dollar for dollar as part of our end-of-year fundraising campaign, Newsmatch. Give now, give nonprofit. Next up, we have former San Jose Mayor Chuck Reed, currently providing legal representation to a property owner in Coyote Valley who wants to sell their land for development. How's it going, Chuck? Going pretty good. Nice to talk to you. You too. Thank you for coming on. So, um, first off, who are you representing in Coyote Valley that wants to sell their land? I represent some uh, families that have owned property in Coyote Valley and been farming it for uh, generations. Uh, they have only a small piece of Coyote Valley. Coyote Valley is 7,000 acres. Uh, my clients and the, uh, the families that they work with on their property 
have about 125 acres be- between the multiple families. I see. Now, um, is the council's decision uh, to preserve this land in Coyote Valley, is that an infringement on the rights of these property owners? Well, it's certainly an infringement on their rights. Uh, the question is how much of an infringement what and what's left. The decision to protect uh, open space and to have a different vision for a county valley, that's a high-level policy decision. It's certainly within the power of the council to make, but they've taken away the development opportunities on the property that my clients have uh, counted on for, or for 40 or 50 years. And it's, they've really left nothing left to do except very minimal uh, activities on the property. So that raises a constitutional question of a taking. So the council can set the policy, but if they've taken all economic value away from the people who own the property, then they need to pay fair compensation. And as we saw at the council meeting, there's uh, unanimous support uh, that people ought to be fairly compensated for any rights they've lost on their property. But of course, that uh, begs the question of, well, how much, what's fair, what's the price? And uh, that'll probably play out and be determined uh, by the courts over the next few months. I see. Now, you said at the council meeting this week that um, changing zoning isn't a permanent solution to this. H- how do you feel that the city should have approached preserving the land instead? Oh, I think the preservation of the land uh, would be better if the city also at the same time adopted a funding program or at least a funding strategy to acquire the properties. The city has already acquired it with the, uh, in association with uh, the Open Space Authority and other organizations. They've already acquired a lot of property in Coyote Valley to protect it. So it should have been done at the same time so that people can say, we not only took a policy decision, we know that decision is permanent. Because whatever the council did this week could be changed by a council next week. You know, that's not going to happen. But uh, five years from now or 10 years from now, we'll have a completely different council. The politics may be different. And if you don't own the property or the development rights through a conservation easement, then what you did can be reversed. So if you want it to be permanent, and there's tremendous support for permanent open space in Coyote Valley, there's no doubt about that. If you really want it to be permanent, need to control the property by owning it or by getting the conservation easements, as has been done in a large part of Coyote already. Right. Now, what are your thoughts on arguments that um, environmentalists are making regarding you know, stopping development in the valley and saving wildlife and the loss of open space? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, saving the wildlife and per- protecting the wildlife and having wildlife corridors and having open space, those are all good things. Uh, the community places a high value on them. So it's not so much the policy decision as it is, well, what about the people, the small property owners? Uh, Shouldn't they be treated the same way that the big property owners, uh, Sobrato and Brandenburg, shouldn't they be treated fairly the same way because the city and Post and the Open Space Authority all collaborated to acquire those properties? We had a bond measure, uh, Measure T, that was approved by the voters that had $50 million for acquiring land in Coyote. And that went to uh, Sobrato Properties and the Brandenburg Properties. So the small property owners, uh, like my clients, think they should be treated uh, as well, fairly. Uh, and they, the city wants to preserve open space on their property. The city should buy their property. And it's for sale. Right. 
Now, I'd like to expand on something on that, too. Um, a resident at the council meeting this week, uh, he mentioned that, you know, with lawmakers preserving Coyote Valley would mean devaluing the land of property owners. What do you make of that? Do you think that this designation of open space or agricultural uses, like how, how could that devalue land for property owners there? Well, it means that you can't develop it. So you can't put an office on it. You can't put a warehouse on it. You can't put a trucking operation on it. You you can't put anything on it except agricultural and the permitted uses. So the amount of money you can make on agriculture is generally in my client's uh, properties, uh, not enough to pay the taxes and the insurance. The amount of money you could make by having an office or a warehouse or some other industrial use is a lot higher. So the property is more valuable for industrial uses by far than it is for the very limited agricultural permitted uses. Final question here. What's next for your client? Are they still looking to sell the land? And how likely is it that they'll sue the city over this vote? Uh, At the moment, uh, my clients are under contract with a uh, a developer, a CHI, uh, Crow Holdings Industrial. Uh, They wanted to put a a distribution facility on the land. So my clients are still under contract. Uh, So that's the state of it. If if CHI doesn't want to buy the property, then it'll, my clients are willing to sell it to the city, the Open Space Authority. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.